I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. So Sarah, this week, I'd like to start with story time with Sarah. And I understand from before the show that you have a buddy themed story, which I am very keen to hear. I would say it's more of a buddy themed conundrum. Oh, so <laughs> even better, even better. <laughs> All right. If you don't know who buddy is, it's my 140 pound Mastiff, uh, very drilly sweet guy. So he's been doing this thing where he knows he's not allowed on the furniture during the day he doesn't try not in a million years he knows he gets in trouble but i have been coming downstairs in the morning and the cushions are everywhere on the couch next to his bed it's hot it smells like dog he's clearly been on there and i've tried all these different things like i'll put the cushions up i'll put uh we we got one of those uh foil blankets like the marathon blankets you know oh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah put it on there because I thought he wouldn't like the crinkling and it's it worked but he went to the other couch which is <laughs> I would like to avoid having that one smell like dog as well so mm-hmm. right now I just I have no idea how to get this dumb dog from sneaky sleeping on the couch so if any listeners have any ideas I am beside myself I just I do not like dogs and furniture, especially jewelry ones. Especially giant ones too. Like he just lies down for a moment and spreads his scent, like presumably across the whole sofa, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't blame him. I mean, he has a bed, but it's kind of small and he spends already probably like 18 hours a day in it. So he wants to diversify his sleeping environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, come on, man. So anything he hates, like what have you used as training methods for him? He hates the vacuum cleaner, but that's not practical. (laughs) (laughs) Imagining like an elaborate system by which if he like trips a switch, the vacuum like randomly comes on (laughs) every time he goes onto the sofa. That might be a bit much to set up. Well, he, he also bites it. So I think that probably wouldn't be good. He he is terrified of it, but he will just bite it and not a fan. Uh, so I don't think that would work so well. So yeah, if anybody has any ideas, let me know. I mean, semi-relatedly, if folks have any ideas for stopping a nine-year-old from eating chips in her bed, that would, <laughs> that would also be helpful. <laughs> Because that's like, it's like the worst or even worse, eating <laughs> chips in my bed. No! <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. This has been going on for months where I like, because <laughs> I'm like that's on a call hard. in my office or something. And then I come out and get into bed. I'm like, what is this crunchy mess? Oh, right. Chips. Great. Oh, that is so bad. But if that's the extent of her being naughty, that's not terrible. Um, but yeah, that, that one has to be stopped right away. I'm not sure I'd say that's the extent of her being naughty, (laughs) (laughs) but it is one that requires me to to wash the sheets more than I would like. So it's problematic. Mm -hmm. Well, 
You could just make her sleep in those sheets. Oh, I do. That doesn't matter to a nine-year-old. Like she would sleep. Yeah, like they're kind of gross. She's like poured water in the bed before. And I just like, I'm like, too bad. <laughs> Figure it out. Like, because that's how she's going to learn, right? Like, I'm not going to be up changing her sheets. So yeah, like whatever time she decides she's having a glass of water at 10 p.m. or whatever. Not my problem. <laughs> it's like Sarah's Parenting 101. Um, anyway, if anyone has any solutions, either for the dog problem, which may be easier or harder to solve, depending on your perspective, um, or the nine-year-old chips and peds. We, both both are very bed. stubborn. Very <laughs> stubborn. Very send their ways. Try to do things on the sly that just get on our nerves. <laughs> both could get slobbery sometimes. Yeah. It's a thing. Okay. Coming up on the show, Sarah and I are going to talk about our live video hosting. We have a voicemail from Kelly's mom. I'm stoked about that. Um, we have PR and pro cycling and what we're looking forward to. Hey, Sarah, have you seen those new form smart swim goggles? You know, the ones that have the display right on the goggle. So you can see like in real time, how fast you're going and your heart rate and stuff. Yeah, I have seen them and I'm really interested because they just added a an open water feature, which is terrific because you can go from the pool to open water and still be able to have those same metrics as you swim. Yeah, I mean, knowing how fast you're going in open water in real time is um, totally amazing. So I think it's going to revolutionize swim training. Absolutely. And if they add like a, a loon detection device to it, I'm sold. Done. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding and all things feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. So Sarah, the last couple of weeks, like we recorded a Wednesday and you've also been doing coverage for Zwift, which we talked about two weeks ago, I think. Um, how has that been going? Yeah. So I'm halfway through it's three weeks and, uh, I have to be on, I mean, Mm. it's, it's more exhausting than I thought. I do think I've gotten slightly better than the previous week. So that's kind of fun because I just had no idea. I've never done commentary before. It's always scary to do something new live. Mm-hmm. and I don't think I crashed and burned the first time, which was good. Uh, I was more comfortable with it the second time around. So the, the co-host Matt Lieto and I, we felt, I felt a little bit more gelled the second time. So I'm hoping by, by week three, we'll really get it, but it's, it's pretty fun to be on the other side. You know, I, I enjoy watching racing. Um, mm-hmm. I, love racing too so it's it it is hard from that perspective where i would like to be be in the mix but uh, you still want to be out there i like racing yeah 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 yeah. so is it okay here's my question i have a lot of questions actually do you find it like did do you find it in what ways is it different to recording the podcast for example uh we have to stay on schedule We have to minimize the non sequiturs and the fits of laughter. Uh, 
Okay. Um, it, it's sometimes they cut to our faces. So I have to be professional ish, which is hard for me. You can't wear a onesie. I haven't yet. Okay. I haven't yet. Maybe that's coming. Yeah. Oh, you never know. I mean, come on. I I can have fun with it. Uh, if what they else? ever rested, if they ever race in like, um, you know how Zwift has that dinosaur land? At least I've been on there one time with dinosaur land. Yeah. So maybe you could like have a full dinosaur themed uh, coverage and you could wear your dino outfit. Maybe this is like everything will come full circle. I wish, you know, there's, there's money on the line and a whole lot of organization that goes on. So I don't think fair. that's going to be the case, Okay, fair. but it, it is a production. So that's the part that I didn't realize, um, the number of people involved and how much goes into it. So, you know, I'm on a phone call, you know, zoom call three hours before the race airs and the, the main broadcast teams in Scotland, you know, Matt Leados in Bend, Oregon. Uh, the, there's part of the teams in California. So we're all trying to manage things from that end and make sure the tech is going well because there's so many moving pieces when it comes to the the broadcast of it. Yeah. I definitely took that for granted. Um, I won't do that again for sure. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Um, okay. And then a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about it, we talked about um, you maybe like planting a few words from the show ah. like we're riding into like maybe some animal related content. Did you manage to bring any of those things into your coverage? I don't know. So I just kind of go into blur uh, mm-hmm. when we start talking. I did say feisty, I think twice today. Oh, boom. Yes. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to say anything. Yeah, that's that's the that's a kicker. Good job. I, and I was gonna throw it in a third time, but I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't press my luck here. You know, mm-hmm. twice is enough. Twice is enough. And somebody knows, right? Like you know, somebody sitting there, somebody on the like is like recognizes. <laughs> well, you like no raccoons, no loons, no, no nobody I, themed stories. I couldn't work in in any animals this time. Ah. Oh. I did. I think I called somebody a beast at one point, but that's too generic. You know, if I were as specific as, man, they, they really were riding their bike like a rabid raccoon. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a little strange. I might get fired or it might be my thing. (laughs) We'll see like as the weeks go on. So how many more weeks do you have to go? What one more for this for one this, more week? Uh, block, yeah. For this block, okay. So in there, in your third week, this is your. This will be your third week. Maybe we. Maybe that's like the soulless single challenge. Like now you've got the feisty in there. Maybe it's uh-huh. just like one small one animal animal. Just like yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. Okay. That's your challenge. All right. All right. Thanks. Okay. Now, uh, you've done some of your own live video talkingness. <laughs> I was going to yes. say commentary, but it's more your MC, right? So you're yeah. MC for the Outspoken Awards. I tuned in. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank it you. Seems I like did, it went pretty well. I think no. live talkingness probably describes it <laughs> just perfectly what I did. <laughs> MC is like far too, far too great for. Yeah. Oh, I have two questions. Hmm. Uh, one question is how much of the champagne did you and Ellen drink? Mm, probably half the bottle, but at one point I did 
refill hers and she didn't drink it. <laughs> so it was just me on my own with the champagne. Okay. Um, not too much. Like I didn't feel, uh, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was drunk by the end or anything. I can't do that. Like I can't, mm. especially sometimes if I'm tired and we had had quite a lot of prep for that. Like, you know, as you know, from your three hour, we weren't on a three hour call before, but we did do probably five hours um, in previous, a bunch of previous calls of preparing for like how that was going to work and how it was going to work, kind of trying to bring people in, in and out of the room too, um, was, was kind of difficult. So yeah, there was a lot of prep. I didn't want to like lose my brain power halfway through. And if I'm tired, you could never be sure. If I start drinking, you'd never be sure. So yeah, that's fair. I mean, you, you seemed pretty lucid the entire time that I saw, I, I did miss uh, a couple of last awards nothing personal. It was dinner time. I was hungry. I'm That's sorry. Yeah. yeah. And we went on over the hour. It was, it was amazing to me. Like at first I thought I wasn't sure how we were going to fill the hour and then just time, you know, time just goes by. I was actually really, really um, surprised and impressed by like how many people just showed up for us because like, and I've said this before, but like we can, you know, we can hand out awards, like we can randomly decide we're going to hand out an award to someone, but unless the community gets behind us and says like, yes, this is important to us too. And yes, we think we should be celebrating women in our sport. Then it's, then it's nothing. Right. So, um, I was really grateful that like more or less everybody who was nominated showed up. So that's like close to 45 people on the zoom call, um, plus our committee. So probably closer to 50 people on the zoom call. And then all of their friends and family watching on Facebook, um, that was, uh, that was just fantastic. So yeah, I was, I was happy with it. Learning how to use the green screen properly on zoom and, and work the buttons <laughs> behind <laughs> the scene. That was kind of fun for me. Uh, and like, of course we had a few snafus, but I think people are pretty forgiving on that stuff too. So. Definitely. Yeah. I, I did appreciate, uh, the sparkly top, but not translating to the whole outfit aspect, you know, <laughs> You don't need you don't need to be full on flash. Nobody's gonna totally. see the bottom half. Yeah. Did I say that on the live that I was wearing like track pants? Yeah. Did I, like say that. <laughs> that was my arguably my favorite part of Which the entire like, award ceremony. I'm wearing track pants and slippers right now. <laughs> it's like that dress is pretty like it's pretty it's very formal wear dress. Like it's like black sparkles. It's got like, I've never, I've actually never worn it. Cause I've never yeah. had anywhere formal enough to wear it. Um, and, and then I just had like my track pants out of my slippers and I started, you know, what's really weird, Sarah, like my back started to hurt during that. I am not used to standing. Oh. Like I don't have like standing fitness. Cause I stood there for like, we were on for an hour before getting ready before that I had been prepping a little, maybe for half an hour. So I was like standing there for about three hours in front of that green screen. And like, by the end I was like, Ooh, this is, this is a challenge. <laughs> I guess I go between like running CrossFit and sitting. <laughs> Those are the yeah. things that I do. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know how much standing longevity I have either. I mean, mm. that's, that's a lot. You should just start to do like some squats or something. I, know. It was like, <laughs> I did like at one point pull over a chair because you can't see what's going on. Right. But like obviously because you can't see my track pants. So I like pulled over a chair, was like putting one knee on it. Just like, you know. Yeah. Well, it, it went, I felt like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, from my perspective, it seems like it went really well. And the fact that everybody showed up and, you know, see, pretty seamless uh award ceremony 
pretty special to to celebrate accomplished women in sport and just yeah it was yeah. it was really it was really cool to see yeah thanks yeah and i think at a time too when i recognize there's a lot of folks having kind of like zoom fatigue and um that, that kind of like the online just says that just at the time when people are having to go back indoors in a lot of places right and we're just kind of a little bit like ugh it's the fall in at least in north america the fall and it's like our moods are maybe a little lower um mm. but you know people showed up and they were on zoom with us so yeah i was grateful um speaking of motivation oh we got a voicemail okay a couple of weeks ago someone had asked about for a follow-up from kelly's mom about her motivation levels because last time we heard from her um she was struggling a little bit with her motivation um and if anyone hasn't been a longtime listener of the podcast um for our first 100 episodes um kelly o'mara was my co-host and her mom used to do almost weekly i think voicemails or maybe like at least a couple times a month we'd get a voicemail from kelly's mom so um i asked her for a check-in on the socials and she sent us this well, hello, Sarahs. It's Kelly's mom. I hear that there was a bit of a motivational check-in a few episodes ago. Um, I do have to admit that I have not been listening to any of my podcasts, not just you guys, none of them, because that was my sort of, you know, mindless treadmill time that I don't have anymore. And listening to things outdoors. It's like earbuds and wires and mask loops. It's just too much. The annoyance, annoyance is my biggest hurdle. And right now, everything is annoying. So I got to tell you, motivation is low, 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 low. I have been doing nothing. And it's, it's not like, like, I don't understand. I mean, the physical reasons are clear. This is not some hypothetical, oh, it would be so healthy if I just, you know. I mean, I literally have lost range of motion in my hips and back and neck from sitting in a chair reading a book four hours a day. I put on pants that I wore for work back in March when I was a cashier at Target before I got COVID, and they didn't fit, which is annoying. And I have a couple of medical issues over the summer. And the doctor said, like, you know, less caffeine, fewer beers, more exercise, which is annoying. I think we're getting around to kind of the admission I need to make here, which is I am primarily motivated by avoiding annoyances. I hate shopping for clothes. It pisses me off that I don't get to drink my pot of tea every morning or have my beer with dinner. So about two weeks ago, I started kind of a daily run walk with one of the few people who doesn't annoy me, a friend of mine. And I did it just to avoid having to drink fewer beers or to go shopping. I don't know if that's a valid motivation, but avoiding annoyances is the only reason I've been out my door every morning for the past two weeks. So there we go. Oh, Kelly's mom. <laughs> I, I so appreciate that voicemail on so many levels. You are such a champ. Thank you for sending that in. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm a little speechless. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you don't know where to start? With I, your, with your no, on that? just there's so many levels. I mean, 
you can tell she's a naturally funny person. Mm-hmm. Uh, even talking about some pretty serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, this year has not been easy for a lot of people. So I'm sure many of our listeners can relate to that. And also just her pure honesty about what motivates her. Yeah, kudos for your transparency because definitely a lot of people are feeling that way. Absolutely. And I think the other thing I had forgotten was that was about Kelly's mom having COVID because she was one of the first people I knew. Um, And I think there was, I remember at one point, because I follow her on social and she was posting these things like I have the flu, you know, just posting some like, some posts about being sick. And I remember Kelly texting me and being like, I think my mom might have COVID. <laughs> like, cause this was like in March, right? Wow. It was like before, like, you know, we didn't, um, it, it was when it just only started to be an actual thing. Uh, so yeah, like interesting that she was one of the first people to go through that. Um, and like, I was actually possibly seeing a connection between yeah. having COVID and not being motivated to go out or not feeling the same that this is not like now I'm just analyzing Kelly's mom. So, so Debbie, you can tell me if I'm totally off the mark here, but like a lot of people that I knew who were sick, like struggled to go back to their regular exercise for a very Mm -hmm. long time afterwards. Well, and also the, I I know one of the symptoms is, uh, or I guess after effects is the, the brain fog and things like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's full systems. I mean, this is, we're only now starting to understand what it does to your body afterwards. So there's a good chance that it, she's still recovering. Yeah. Just not to underestimate that. And I'm wondering, Sarah, like, is, have you ever used avoiding annoyances as a reason to do something or not do something? I I don't know about annoyances per se, but I know that I've used, exercise as a way to kind of get out of things so oh I'm sorry I can't do x y or z because I have to go for this training session and because it's my job I can get away with a little bit more Mm -hmm. uh have I abused it no I don't think so I don't know but are those annoyances I don't know I don't know I mean, okay. Since he doesn't listen to the podcast, I can say there have been times where like, Ben, I really don't want to be around you right now because you're driving me nuts. So I'm going to go for a bike ride. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like avoiding annoyances. Yeah, it does. It does. (laughs) Very much like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, oh, I can't possibly, you know, mow the lawn right now because I have to go for a bike ride. So Mm. yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I've used that one before for sure. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm also thinking of like, uh, with, with like my daughter, right. Who maybe wants to play, I don't know, like the things she wants to play with me. Like the other day she got me to play this game with her, which was like, you make slime on an app. Like she's got a kind of app where you make slime and you add things into it. That's right? so weird. It's kids are so weird. weird. I know. It's like, why do you want like the whole idea behind making slime is like the texture and the thing. Yeah, it's and tactile. The yeah, <laughs> right. Which she also does make her own slime in a variety of forms in the real world, right? Which she also has this slime making app where you can add like sparkles or you could add like, you know, you can add like weird, funny things like monster faces or, and then you make your slime and you name it a thing, right? So she wanted me to do that, which was like fun the first time. 
right? Because like you make a slime thing and it's called Rosie's brains and then you make, and it's funny. And then, and then like the fifth time you're like, poke my eyes out with a pin. I want to do something else. Right. Well, it doesn't really seem like a two person thing either. (laughs) Just like you go, I go kind of thing. And you laugh at each other's creations. Sure. But then I'm like, ah, I have some work to do. I need to go. I need to go over here on my computer. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's pretty smart. So is that avoiding annoyances? I guess Mm. that I'm getting work done. So being productive. Yeah. I don't know. I I guess the problem is the subtext of that is we're calling the people in our lives potentially annoying. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually the second time I've bitched about Rosie this week. It's not a good parenting week for me. (laughs) Apparently. Uh, It's like the subconscious things that are coming up right now while we're talking. You know, that's that's our podcast. We just roll with that. Totally. Um, Okay, Sarah, you sent me a very interesting article earlier about um, Chloe Dygart um, and an apology related to um, something she had said on social media. Yeah, so... I'm just going to quickly gloss over the backstory here. Uh, so Chloe Dargar is this professional cyclist, total badass, you know, world champion, Olympic medalist. I mean, she's, she's a young cyclist, the next big thing. Uh, I, I guess she's not even the next big thing. She is, she is, she is the, the big thing. She is the she big was, thing. So that says something. Right. So, uh, you know, we all have our, our, political stances we're allowed to do whatever we want in social media from that standpoint like express our views uh she got into a bit of trouble because she recently signed with uh the canyon shram team and uh it came to light that a lot of her likes on twitter were uh how do i put this they were not the most tolerant tweets that she was liking. So with a very uh, anti-BLM, very anti-trans, a little anti-feminist vein in there. So it's it's not that it was her political stance. These were things that, and it's not like she was writing these tweets, but she was liking them. And the team basically asked for her to issue an apology. She issued something on, on her Instagram account that was very wishy-washy. It was more along the, one of those, I'm sorry if I offended anybody uh, statements were typical PR statement that you're not holding your actions, you know, you're not being accountable for yeah. anything beyond the very basic, if I caused offense, I am sorry for that. Um, so rightfully so in response, there was a little bit of questioning going on and there was a really great blog written by another pro cyclist, um, uh, Aisha McGowan. And I definitely recommend, we'll put in the show notes. I definitely recommend reading it. And she's like, Hey, here's the thing. You know, cycling is going through this move moment right now where they're talking about wanting to promote diversity and inclusivity, 
but you know is this is this enough like how are we were supposed to respond to something like this how how does it make us feel those of us so aisha is, is a woman of color how is it supposed to make me feel how is it supposed to make other writers feel uh you know is it enough that she issues this pretty weak apology and it, it really she she goes about it in a really nicely nuanced way where it's not chloe digart is a bad person like there's no judgment there it's more talking about the mm -hmm. issue in general like what what is the role of these teams in uh not policing because that's too strong of a word but in monitoring i don't know um the actions of the writers so there was there's another cyclist who recently uh he got in trouble with his team treks um Segafredo, and uh i i'm right now i'm blanking on his name doesn't really matter uh he got a 45 day suspension after some pretty similar thing uh some of his his actions on social media that were found to be offensive uh and i i believe rightfully so um by the team so you know you have these these teams that really want to promote diversity and inclusivity in the sport and you know a lot of them are european based so it's a different value structure uh you know than some of what these riders are promoting mm -hmm. what is what is the right response from a team you know what should what is acceptable because you also want to protect people's freedom of speech i just found it a really fascinating situation where i don't know what the right answer is i don't know you know are we are would those same teams be okay with the opposing viewpoint being promoted probably you know because well i guess in this case the opposing viewpoint is being inclusive <laughs> Right. And so they probably should be okay. I don't know how that's offensive, <laughs> but maybe somebody would find it offensive. <laughs> Interesting. So you don't really have a place where you land. Hmm. Well, I, I just think it's a really complicated situation because as an athlete, you are a brand ambassador. Mm -hmm. And if you are out there, you know, spewing or it's not even that they're spewing, they're just, they're liking things, but it happens in a public setting. You know, this is social media, it's the social part of it where people will see the viewpoints of the writers re reflected in yeah. what they like. It, it's such a tricky situation because I, I completely understand, I understand, um, coming down pretty hard on writers for saying things, you know, is, is it different if they're liking them? I don't, I honestly don't know. It's, right. it's really fascinating to me. I don't know. Do you have, do you have any insight into this? I do have some thoughts on this. I think, you know, it's, a, it's, I think it's a really great uh, and interesting time for companies because the, the new, like uh, the, on the tail, I guess, of, or the ongoing like Black Lives Matter movement, companies have been forced to like, look at what do we actually think about diversity, inclusion and equity and like, what are we doing? And people are holding companies to task mm. on that, right? And so it's like a good, so everyone's kind of, well, a lot of folks are like, ref 
looking at like what are our company policies and what are our values and and what, what do we want to be forward facing mm-hmm. um and so i think um in this particular case like it forces the companies involved in this team i think you said sram and kenya and canyon yeah um yeah like to look at like okay and each case each case almost provides an opportunity to reevaluate like what are our values and what are we doing so it's not like because i'm also like i also have a really hard stop around censorship Mm -hmm. um because i don't think censoring people is the right way to go um in in terms of anything right but i do think that uh you can't even though like okay don't like you can't stop people from what they're saying or even more over what they're liking on social you can actually stop them from being on your cycling team and you can actually not pay them money right and and like where that line is is going to be up to like the individual companies and their values and how they're Mm. going to proceed so if they're going to create a like a zero tolerance policy right then someone like chloe should be excluded and they should try to find someone else right but if they have some kind of some kind of tolerance for um, like kind of anti-racist behaviors, like liking certain tweets or whatever, then like, okay, figure out where you stand on that <laughs> um, and where your line is um, and what you consider and, and what you consider right and wrong. And it just like sort of forces them to do that, right? Because um, I think like even, even for us, and I know this is like completely, like this is a completely different story, but like we released last week, week we released a t-shirt through live feisty that someone pointed out to us could be read in a different context as being anti-trans right Mm. and we were like i was like oh crap like the minute that came across like that came into my brain i'm like oh shoot like that was not our intention but like we pulled it back real fast right because it's like this is not like this is who we want to be yeah. Right. And we're definitely not going to be like, I'm not never going to be a company that could ever be perceived as anti-trans. There's been other things that we've released because we're feisty that people have objected to that I have not. And we as a company have not had that response. And we've said, mm. no, you know what? I'm happy to explain to an individual what our joke means. <laughs> if like, that's fine, you know, um, or like kind of whatever. And if someone doesn't get the joke or doesn't think it's appropriate that there's been layers where I've been fine or like happy living in the gray zone. And then there's like a place, there was definitely a line for me where mm. I'm like, nope, pull that off. Like, even though we didn't intend something to sound that way, if it could in any way be heard as anti-trans, I'm pulling it. So I think there's like a lot, like these companies are then like, okay, figure it out um, and forced to figure it out. And that's what I think is the good moment about this time in, in like in sport history, right? Which we haven't been, which a lot of companies have not been asked for in a direct way before. Yeah. Do you, do you think there is a role for these teams to play with, uh, you know, like diversity training with their athletes? So keep in mind somebody like Chloe, she's, I think maybe 23 24 early 20s and we we all know that people change and evolve over time especially when given exposure to ideas mm-hmm. you know is there is there a role for something like diversity training a middle grounds where you feel like okay we signed this athlete a four-year contract she's incredibly talented we see potential in her and you also want to believe in somebody's personal growth. Mm-hmm. So instead of censoring an individual, you know, trying to really think about how to approach diversity inclusion within the team in terms of 
creating that value structure? I don't know. I think that would be a great solution. Like if a company wanted to take that on, um, I think that would be fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's up to them. Like it's, that's what capitalism is. Right? Like it's, it's up to them if they want to take on answering that diversity and inclusion question. Right. I think ethically, like I would, you know, and we do DEI training, even within our little, little startup group, we do DEI training because we think that's important. Um, so like, I would applaud a company that would do that. Yeah. I, I guess I, what I worry about sometimes is that, uh, you know, we, there are groups that like to talk about cancel culture and, mm-hmm. you know, if you give a writer, for example, a 45 day suspension for certain tweets, uh, are they going to double down on those beliefs and question them or question them? Like you want somebody to question the, why it isn't acceptable. And I think right now we're in this interesting place where it's furthering divisions by being like, wait, you are punishing me for having these views. Um, I don't know. It's, it's such an interesting. I, yeah, I think it's, I, I do think that it's up to the individual company and then up to the consumer, whether hmm. they're going to buy their product. So I think it definitely has to be like in the, I don't know what you'd say, like, just, just it's up for like people to decide. Right. So I wouldn't ever say like, while I would say I would applaud a company that would do DEI training for their cycling team, for example, I don't think I would be like, Hey, I think every company should do this. Mm. Right. I would be probably more likely to buy from a company that would do that. Hmm. Right. So like whether we, you know, like the messaging when, when I see strong, like, um, pro, like when I see like companies supporting female cyclists or female cycling teams, you know, I'm like, I, I'm in, I'm more likely to support that company. I'm more likely to be in a conversation with them about sponsorship, uh, on our, on our stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and likewise with, um, with any kind of diversity and inclusion, um, initiative. So I think like, as time goes on, we'll like the purchasing power of women, the purchasing power of, um, of people of color, like that's, that's going to start to matter too. Yeah, I, layers. I guess what's what's hard is that, you know, the these are public headlines. It, it gets a lot of press for like a Kenyan tram team to be like, oh, we we're not tolerant of this sort of thing. And we are making this athlete write an apology or, you know, Trek saying, oh, well, you know, this is we have zero tolerance policy. But does it actually, uh, you know, is that is that for the headline or is that yeah. for actually creating change within their culture. Yeah, totally. And there's going to be a lot of companies that like continue on with the bullshit and put on a pretty face for the camera kind of thing. Like that's, um, that's going to happen. I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what we can do about that or how we would necessarily know. And even like, I was talking to someone about this just yesterday about how, like, even within, within a company, you can have, like, you could have some people who are like really open to difference, really educated on it, really want to um, be part of pushing change. And then you could have like even certain teams because in big companies where you've got multiple mm. thousands of people, certain teams that are still operating um, with like old or old fashioned assumptions or who are still like taking, 
like taking all the men during lunchtime meetings to strip clubs, right? <laughs> Where you have some other team in the same, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of an extreme example. Like, and, and then like the same, in the same company, you have like another team that's like operating in a completely different way. Um, I, I like, that's totally possible, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we're, we're not going to solve it today. I know. But... I'm like, I always like, it's like, oh, the world is gray. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like it is. Everything. It is. But I, I think that's why this, this whole situation was really interesting to me because from the, the outside, it's easy to say, oh yeah, you know, she shouldn't be liking those things. This is the, this is not good. This is not inclusive. I'm like, you know, it's, it's deeper than that. We really have to talk about what the changes that we want and how do we affect that change and the role of companies in that. And I don't have an answer to any of that. I'm just an athlete who talks a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like how, I mean, there's a whole nother conversation very close behind that one of like how a percentage, a large percentage of Americans ended up feeling like disenfranchised enough to vote for someone like Donald Trump and like what, the, and those people clearly aren't being hurt. Um, and there's like a whole, like, this is a whole conversation in US politics, right? That's, that's ongoing um, and culture, politics and culture. Um, yeah. And we're, and we're probably not going to solve that today. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> and I'll probably think about this later and think of 12 other things I should have said. So um, well, what's great but, is we're going to have a podcast again next week. That's right. <laughs> we can circle back on this. So if anyone wants, if anyone would like to join in the conversation we just had or wants to say, hey, Sarah's, you didn't think of this. We would love to hear from you. Um, so send not, us. not to minimize our initial request from the podcast advice on chips in the bed and buddies on the couch obviously a more important yeah if you're gonna send a voicemail about anything the, the, the advice about the places where we lounge not being disrupted it's, it's very important oh <laughs> uh, well speaking of next week I thought it'd be fun to finish up the podcast, just kind of talking about something that we're excited about in the next week. You know, okay, what, just general. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that after to. the break. And I also need a minute to think about it. Oh. If We Were Riding is a live feisty media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number 206th best sports podcast in the Czech Republic? Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, oh. great, any time of day, and super awesome? Oh my gosh, is it the If We Were Riding podcast? Oh no, wait, by the look on your face, it's not. It's <laughs> it's noon. Yes! It's noon, isn't it? Ding, ding, ding! You got the answer! Woo! 
Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code, note the new code, Live Feisty um, at noonlife.com. So use the code Live Feisty, E before I, at noonlife.com. So Sarah likes, she has a strategy that she likes to employ. Let's make the other Sarah answer a question first to buy time to come up with something because I don't know why. I don't know why. It's the end of the day. Our brains are slow. You just want to one-up me. I don't know what your motivation is here. Uh, But okay, what is something I'm excited about for next week? Uh... I really love planning menus and next week is Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So I'm already starting to think we're having a mini Thanksgiving, but I already get excited about it. I mean, how can, okay. First of all, if you're planning a menu for it a week, more than a week in advance, I don't think you can call it mini Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving anymore. Like that's, that has to be like a major meal at least. Because I just, I get excited. Oh, you're not going to, you're not going to see it this year because Christmas is pretty much canceled. Uh, But, well, I mean, we're COVID. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But normally I get really excited um, for cooking Christmas dinner and I plan out my menu like weeks in advance. I get so excited by it. I mean, I am completely flattened afterwards. Normally I get a cold because I overextend myself. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a big deal. Thanksgiving is gonna be small. I think we're, we're only having a tiny, tiny group, you know, within our pod. Uh, probably more appropriate to get a chicken than turkey, but it's still something, I don't know what it is about planning these menus that makes me so happy but it does sarah what's on the menu well i'm still finalizing it um okay. yeah okay. but i will i will let you know next the week, exact we menu have, we still have next week well and i also need to get feedback from all the parties involved Great. because it's going to be a pared down menu you know if if i don't have mashed potatoes and that's the thing that one person was really looking forward to and I ruined Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be that person. I it's it's a very make everybody happy menu. That's my goal. That's my interesting. Goal. Okay, what's the thing that makes you happiest? Like, what's your what's your the cooking Thanksgiving food? The cooking the itself. Planning. So it doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Like, you're not like attached to like turkey or cranberries or Brussels sprouts. Ah, uh, I make this one. Uh, kale and Brussels sprout, like shaved Brussels sprout salad. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, with uh, like toasted almonds and like Parmesan and stuff in it with like a lemon Dijon vinaigrette thing. And it's just, I look forward to it because all the Thanksgiving food's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. And just having this nice little raw salad is so delicious. Yeah. Okay. I am, I have like multiple ones, things that I'm looking forward to now written down. <laughs> that you you triggered this one because at around like american thanksgiving because we already have our thanksgiving like back in october right right around american thanksgiving like i kind of get half a week off from 
like all the American companies we work with or people wanting to have meetings during. So like, I only just realized this as you were talking, I was like, oh yeah, this happens every year. And then I get three days where I get to get a bunch of shit done. Like I can do all of my computer work and all the stuff that's backlogged. So I'm looking forward to American Thanksgiving because nobody will bother me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's good. I'm also looking forward to not having chips in my bed after all the great advice I'm going to have from, <laughs> from our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> and the third thing, the thing I'm perhaps most looking forward to is that um, the first weekend in December, I am going on an airplane. What? Yes. An airplane. Where? Time since March. Why? Mm-hmm. Where? I'm going, I'm going to Calgary, a okay. one hour flight. Oh, nice. Um, within Canada. Yes. And so, um, yeah, so that's exciting. So where ha- what are you like, doing in Calgary? I'm going to visit a friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, is that, I think that's more than a week though. You just extended your, what you're looking for. That's, that's for next week's podcast. You just used it up. I just, oh yeah. You, did we have a week limit? <laughs> I, I think you made I said up. a week. I mean, I'm looking forward to it this week and next week and the week after. Well, we both have, I have cooking to look forward to and you have a lot more than I do, but that, whatever. No, next week. Oh, I'll give you, oh, do we want a fourth one then? Oh, we're, we're launching. I should probably mention this because I oh, never yeah. remember to mention the things I'm supposed to mention about my business and stuff because we do this podcast. Um, <laughs> next week, we are launching Feisty Triathlon. Um, so this is like a new content stream on Live Feisty. So watch for that. We're doing like a launch video and we're going to like, we're like creating a space where like everything that we do in the triathlon space all works together under one brand you know, so including like this podcast so people can, and eventually in the new year, we'll make like a website landing page. That's just where all things triathlon can live. And it's called feisty triathlon. And we're just starting with Instagram next week. So we have like tons and tons of like planning and it's actually been really, really fun, a really fun process. So that's happening next week. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, we're not really a triathlon podcast. put us Sarah we're like, like who's our audience I don't know Maybe they'll tell us one day oh uh, you know what else I hope they tell us I hope they give us some solutions to our major problems and how to solve you know companies issues with inclusivity in sport uh please send us voicemails emails whatever bug Sarah Sarah at livefeisty.com. <laughs> no H. And uh, I hope everybody has a great week and something to look forward to. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. Reaching the top.